Today's broadcast of Bagels and Blessings has been previously recorded at an earlier time. Shalom Chaverim, that's Hebrew for hello friends, and Shabbat Shalom, that's Hebrew for Sabbath peace. This is Ethel Chadwick. Welcome to another week of Bagels and Blessings. In today's program, you're going to hear a pre-recorded interview with Anthony Cardinale, and he is an amazing journalist, author, and I cannot wait for you to hear this interview. Stay with me and I'll be right back. and Blessings is a ministry of Congregation Shema Yisrael. We are a Messianic congregation made up of Jews and Gentiles who believe that Jesus, or Yeshua, is the promised Messiah. Our services contain Jewish liturgy and Davidic dancing, and we celebrate the Feasts of Israel. We meet at 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton, and our services are Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Please join us for worship. And while you are in the building, be sure to check out the Fig Tree Messianic Bookstore and Gift Shop. Now open Mondays from 6 to 8 p.m., Tuesdays by appointment, Wednesdays from 3 to 8 p.m., Thursdays from 3 to 6 p.m., and up to 30 minutes after services on Saturdays. You can call the Fig Tree Bookstore at 585-484-7775. The Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop is a great place for books, CDs, cards, jewelry, and so much more. So be sure to check them out when you visit Congregation Shema Yisrael. And now, when you make a purchase at the Fig Tree Bookstore, you can fill out a raffle ticket. Those names will be drawn for a prize from Bagels and Blessings. So those of you in the Rochester area, be sure to visit Congregation Shemayas Royale in the Fig Tree Bookstore and fill out your ticket for a chance to win a prize from Bagels and Blessings. Happy New Year, everyone. I wanted to read to you from Mama Ethel's Guide to Love and Healthy Relationships. Chapter 1 is called New Chances. Happy New Year, everyone. It may not be New Year's Day when you're reading this book, but it was when I wrote this chapter, so please play along with me, okay? So here we are at that place where we decide to do it all differently. We make resolutions, we plan to lose 20 pounds, spend less time on Facebook, eat more fiber, and we vow never to drive over the speed limit again. But what happens when we don't keep our promises to ourselves? We grow despondent, we become bitter and resentful, and sometimes we just lose hope. Okay, stop right there. Did you forget that the Bible says that His mercies are new every morning? Yep, it says so right in Lamentations 3, 22-23. Have you ever heard of that expression, just take baby steps? Each day, all you can do is your best. Give it your best effort. If you're overly critical and not forgiving of yourself, chances are that you're also this way in your relationships. And the book goes on and talks about a lot of things to encourage you. And so I just wanted you to know that God loves you. And remember that 
It says in Deuteronomy 31.8, Adonai, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or abandon you. Do not fear or be discouraged. So just a little sample of my book, Mama Ethel's Guide to Love and Healthy Relationships. I just want to encourage you all. Happy New Year. You were enjoying the music of Tamara Alexander. That beautiful piece in the background was called Prelude to Eternity. One of my favorite songs at the start of the new year is from Deborah Klein and Vince Interno. This is the year, and it comes right out of Isaiah 61. Ian Torno and Vince 
Ian Torto. And you're listening to Bagels and Blessings. Well, it's a new year, and I like playing new music. Here is a new song from Bot Rifka Witten. It's called Heal Our Land. For we were slaves, and you did not forsake us in our bondage. You extended mercy to us to revive us. To repair the house of God and to rebuild us Oh, when we were guilty Of iniquity, helpless in captivity We've forsaken your ways but with the mighty And an outstretched arm will you heal our
your face and turn from my wicked ways and you will heal That was a great song from Bot Rifka Witten, and that comes right out of 2 Chronicles 7:14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I'd like to thank Excellent Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring Bagels and Blessings. Give them a call today at 585-889-7840. They're a family-owned and operated business. Their prices are fantastic. They will take care of your air conditioner in the summer and your furnace in the winter. Give them a call today because they love the Lord and they are excellent. Excellent Air Heating and Cooling, 585 885- 889-7840 He had no form or beauty That we should even look at him Rejected and despised Our faces turned away But by his bruises we
That was Aaron Schust with a beautiful arrangement called Isaiah 53. Now you can imagine my complete shock and surprise to look at my Jewish Bible and to read Isaiah 53 and realize that that was a prophecy about the Messiah right there in the Hebrew Scriptures. Amazing. Well, this is Ethel Chadwick. You're listening to Bagels and Blessings. Stay tuned for my interview with Anthony Cardinale. But right now, listen to this. Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Shema Yisrael Messianic Congregation. Your tax-deductible contributions will help keep this program on the air. Make checks out to Shema Yisrael, that's S-H-E-M-A-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L, and please put Bagels and Blessings on the memo portion of your check. Send your contributions to Bagels and Blessings, Post Office Box 192, Scottsville, New York, 14546-0192. And you're invited to come and experience Messianic worship in person Saturday morning mornings at 10 a.m. 2.50 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton. Next up, here's an oldie but goodie. This is called Trees of the Field, and you're listening to Liberated Wailing Wall. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy all the trees of the field will clap, will clap their hands. That song always fills me with such joy. And while we're on the subject, you know another song that makes me really happy? This is an oldie but goodie also. This is from the group Lamb, and it's called Hallelujah. And you listen to this, and you dance around your house, and you will be filled with joy too, my friends. Na 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 na
Hallelujah, hallelujah, let the heavens rejoice. All of ye mountaintops, all of ye hosts, praise him, you angels above. So let the sun and the moon rejoice, praise him, all radiant stars. For it was he who created you and established you forever and ever and established you forever and ever Hallelujah, hallelujah All of your kings and your peoples rejoice We have time for one more song before my interview with Anthony Cardinale. Here is some music from Makedem. Here is Nava Tehila, which means beautiful prayer. Stay tuned for my interview.
Again, that was McKedem featuring the beautiful voice of Shy Soul. And right now, it's time for my interview with Anthony Cardinale. Enjoy, darling. Enjoy. Anthony Cardinale, I am excited to welcome you back to Bagels and Blessings. I'm glad to be here. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, golly, I, I knew you years and years and years ago, and... You and I were just talking offline, and I, I thought you'd been on the air before with me, but it's been a, a, a long time, as they say, a long time, darling. <laughs> yes, about 10 years, yeah. Exactly. A lot has changed in 10 years. So, <laughs> yes. in, in any event, uh, for those that never heard that first interview, can you tell me a little bit about how you were raised and your journey to finding Messiah? Yes, yes. I was raised Catholic, and then I left the church for seven years, and I came back to the, for the Catholic Charismatic Movement, and was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it was then that I read the Bible, the Old Testament, and I fell in love with the Jews. And I immediately went to Israel, and uh, I've been there now five times. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's an anointing when we see it. So you, you can't assign yourself to the Jews, you know? God assigns you, and it's something inside your, your chest, not in your head, that knows that you're called. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and, then, uh, and then later on, the, the charismatic movement kind of waned in the Catholic Church. I, I was free to go to any denomination I wanted to, including Messianic Judaism, uh, for, for um, you know, worship and uh, praise and, and fellowship. And how does your family feel about your interest in Jewish things? Oh, uh, <laughs> my brother and sister have all my books. Uh, they don't talk much about them. They don't quite uh, groove on it. Uh, they they support me, but uh, it's, it's not of interest to them. Sorry to say. <laughs> uh, I see. I see. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how did you first find out that there were Jews that believed in Jesus? Um. Well. Um. I, I was at my. Uh, uh, charismatic prayer group, and I said, "Hey, can a Jew come in here and be receive Holy Spirit?" They said, "No, he has to have to receive Yeshua." So, um, I, um, I, I was. They said, "There's a guy named Frank Dollinger who has uh, Arab Shabbat on Friday nights, and you can invite yourself there." So I went there, and that's how I first got involved with um, what became Birth uh, Shah. How did you feel when you walked into the service? Was it sort of foreign to you, or did you just kind of feel like you had found something delightful? Well, there weren't any services. Uh, what it was, it was a Irish about dinner, and uh, Rabbi Frank would, uh, you know, we, we would talk and he'd give scripture. We'd, uh, it was probably the, the basic skeleton of a service, you might say. Uh, then one day, Paul Shank showed up and said, I'm going to buy a, a, a church. I'm going to buy a school and open a church, New Covenant, and you can have it for Bertha Shah on, on, uh, on Sabbath. So that, that's where it really got going. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about your experience as a writer, because you have an amazing history. <laughs> yeah. When I was in high school, I wanted to be a novelist. And so I took up journalism at St. Bonamash University. And... Um, I got back to that first step at the both leaving news where I stayed for many years. And um, it was a great struggle to get them to let me write in a literary manner. Uh, I spent years covering the federal courts and I started to describe the drama in the courtroom. And it took a while to really um, get them to not cross out the color, <laughs> the gestures of the lawyers, the raised voices. Eventually I was able to do that and uh, I kind of felt I was I was uh, fulfilling my desire to be a novelist. I, I was writing journalism uh, the way fiction uh, is, with uh, descriptions, quotations, uh, you know, a lot of uh, color. Mm, wow. And then, and then from there, um, I began to write plays. I've had six plays produced. And um, my, main, uh, my main features on my writing are dialogue and action. I'm very good at dialogue and how people talk. And uh, I described action as far as um, people's moving uh, while they're talking. So my plays did very well. And um, my best play uh, won an award. And it, it allowed me to have a residency at Mishkan Asherim in Jerusalem. It's the, uh, the place with the windmill. It, it's, a, it's a place for writers to, to, um, to go and write. And so I spent some time there to research Red Heifer. 
And I love being there. You could look at town from there at the old city and, oh, Mishkan Shanim. It means um, uh, pleasant surroundings. Mm. Tell us a little bit about The Red Heifer. I know that book was one of the ones we talked about in our interview 10 years ago, but I'm not sure everybody's yeah. heard that interview. Yeah, my first book. In the book of Numbers, it says that uh, in order to purify the, um, the priests in the tabernacle and then later in the temple, they need to be sprinkled with water containing the ashes of red heifer. It's a three-year-old female cow whose, whose coat is all brown with no black or white hairs. In 1997, they, they found uh, uh, they found one they could name her Melody, but pretty soon the uh, Orthodox saw, saw a white hair come out of her, and she was disqualified. So, ever since then, but the Talmud says there were nine red heifers from Moses until the temple was destroyed, and a tenth red heifer would bring in the Messiah. So I'm getting chills right now as I feel as I do this. I interviewed a lot of a lot of people in Israel about this, and uh, there's a small radical group of Orthodox who were raising a Kohanim priest to be to be in the temple. And they, they have all the instruments, you know, there's the museum with all the artifacts of the, of the temple. And they're getting ready whenever they get the red heifer to um, proceed and rebuild the temple. Mm. And, and Yeshua prophesied that the temple would be there in the final days. The, um, um, the final days when there'll be the, um, uh, what's the expression? <laughs> When the Antichrist will try to desecrate the temple, uh, so the temple will be there, and only the Orthodox are going to want to build it. We Reformed don't want to. We Messianic uh, Jews don't need to because we already have our, our final blood sacrifice. So the Orthodox are key to second coming of Yeshua. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Now, how many books have you written now? Uh, four. This is my fourth one. Searching for Jesus in Jewish mind. Yeah, now this is interesting. Have you, had you personally met each person you wrote about? In this book, uh, most of them I have. Some of them are historic figures. Uh, um, actually, I met all of them. Well, let me take a minute. Yes, of course I met them. Well, I did not meet the late Rabbi Obadiah Yosef, who was a, a great underground leader of uh, secret believers in Yeshua. He was the chief rabbi of Israel, and when he died... 200,000 people came to, to his, pay his respects. Many of them were, were secret believers like him. And Frank Longer interviewed him in 2000 and learned that there are all kinds of uh, Orthodox who are secret believers. They meet during the week secretly, the way the early church did, and they go to the temple on uh, Sabbath, keep their mouth shut, just as the uh, early Christians went to the temple every day. So there was no need to leave Judaism in order to receive Yeshua. And let these Orthodox me, me, are, are hiding right now in, in the bushes, but eventually they're going to have to come out and they'll probably start their own Messianic synagogues with the earth, with the uh, kosher and you know the and the Hebrew and uh, because they 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 will always have their own way of doing things. <laughs> let me digest this. This is really big. So you're okay. saying that there are lots of closet believers. Amongst mm -hmm. the religious Jews in Israel? Yes, and America too. Yeah, yeah. And there's a chapter in this book uh, where I interviewed a woman. It's called uh, Reinventing the Wheel. Reinventing the Wheel, where she says that uh, Yeshua fits perfectly into everything I learned. And there are only certain things she has to discard from, from the Talmud. Uh, they keep kosher and everything else, like before. Like the early Christians did in uh, the the first uh, Christians were Jews. They never left Judaism at that time. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> well, you raise a really important point. As a woman who was raised Jewish, my family was upset and shocked when I became a believer, and they thought that I had converted to another religion, and they eventually yeah. saw that yeah. I did not convert to another religion, that I was still Jewish, that I was still observing Jewish holidays, and yeah, yeah, that's the unfortunate thing about the word converted in, in the New Testament. We didn't mean to a new religion, it meant uh, to shuva, to return, mm. to return to God, amen. And in this case, through Yeshua, yeah. Amen. I'm sorry for what you went through. Uh, many, many of folks went through a lot of uh, suffering, uh, and Yeshua warned them too, warned us, 
Yeah. Got to be a separation of families. Very, very sad. In, in your chapter called Is the Messiah Your Savior, you talk mm-hmm. about Isaiah 53, and this mm-hmm. woman had asked the question, you know, why isn't Isaiah 53 discussed? Do you want to mention that a little bit? Yes. Um, do you have the book in front of you? I do. Well, what page is that on? Uh, <laughs> 208. Oh, thank you. Okay, all of a sudden. Wonderful book. Again, guys, Searching for Jesus in the Jewish Mind, The Unseen Hand of God by Anthony oh. Cardinelli. Oh, uh, yes. Um, you talking about Joe Freckman? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, he um, used to go to Bertha Shai at times. That's where I met him. And he went to other synagogues. Uh, um, as you see in this chapter, he, he was the originator of um, an annual celebration of the the four chaplains who died and gave the life gave the life to, I guess to soldiers on a ship that was sunk in World War II. He also began the uh, Back to God movement in Erie County through the American Legion. So he was a um a traditional Jew who wanted to bring Jews and everyone back to God in his own way. And he he um he went to Bertha Asha. He was a believer in that sense, but I never Never felt uh, him talking about it in a spiritual way, personally. Yeah. You you mentioned also an American woman who is a secret Orthodox believer in Yeshua. And you were, yeah. you were yeah. asking her how she broke the news to her Orthodox family. I really recommend this book, guys. This is really, this is interesting. <laughs> it's not like other books. Oh, thank you, yeah. Um, let's see, where is she? It's, um... Well, it starts on page 205. Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, she's in two of my books. That's why I was confused about where she is. I see. <laughs> he writes about <laughs> secret believers a lot. Yeah, this is a really uh, fascinating. Um, she says that um, her husband said, her husband uh, did not accept him the way she did. And he said, well, you go ahead. He said, but you really should tell your, 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 your family. So she called him. She had a little struggle, and she called Israel and talked to her, her, her uh, family. They immediately flew to uh, America and uh, discussed it, and uh, they came to become believers. Um, she's uh, thinking about this woman is that uh, she typifies the uh, Talmudic process of dissecting things in a Jewish way and only a Jewish way. She has no interest in what the church has to say about how to proceed as a Jew was a believer with the New Testament. No, no, they're going to discover themselves. They're going to argue. They're going to scream at each other like they do at the, at the synagogue, at, at the table of study, and they're going to find their own way. And but 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 she's there, and she just is an absolute believer. She loves the Lord. She wants others to other Jews, of course, to accept him. And um, she's really tough. And she's typical of the Jews the guy chose. You got to be tough and celebrate in order to survive. And a lot of Christians are going to say, gee, why don't you, you know, for 2,000 years, when a Jew became a believer, they joined a church and got assimilated. In 1915, the Hebrew Christian Alliance, Alliance was, a, was a group that said, we're not going to send our Jewish believers to the churches. We're going to found our own church. We're going to have our own. We're not going to be assimilated. Uh, unfortunately, before they could organize their, the church, the uh, Muslim uh, died in the Holocaust. But the successor to the movement is the Messianic movement that we know today. You know what I think is exciting? Yeah. That you also have a book called The Pharisees Are Coming to Jesus, Secret yeah. Orthodox <laughs> Believers in Israel and America. Listen, guys, yeah. you got to get this book copyrighted 2021. i got to say this again. This, this other book... It's called The Pharisees Are Coming to Jesus, Secret Orthodox Believers in Israel and America. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> you have been a busy man. Yeah. Um, I got the original uh, German that from uh, Rabbi Lowinger. 2000, he was in Israel, and he got warned to not uh, proselytize. All of a sudden, he gets a phone call in his hotel room. Uh, a rabbi wants to, rabbi wants to meet him secretly a certain hour, a certain place, a certain day in uh, Kafar Kalsidim, where the Lubavitcher Kabadniks have their headquarters. So he he prayed, is it a trap? You know, so he goes, and uh, 
his cab lets him off at the right hour. A big limousine comes over and they open the door. He gets in with all these black-headed, black-headed, <laughs> I'll see them. They drive in silence to a dead-end street. <laughs> he said, so they went inside this huge building. He said, I wonder if I ever ever see my wife again. They go upstairs. The place <laughs> is crawling with, <laughs> it was crawling with a casino. So finally, he gets introduced to this rabbi. His name was uh, um, uh, Rabbi Yosef. He says, uh, here's why I called you here. And he takes out a, a New Testament with the covers torn off. And he reads from John 1. He said, and in the beginning, what's the word? That's the memory. That's the memory. That, that's where God appeared to as a, as a man, like uh, when, when, when he, he appeared to um, Abraham at um, under the Terabith bushes. He said, we are believers. We are secret believers. There are hundreds of us in Kafar Kassidim. Uh, and we um, are waiting for the Holy Spirit to to uh, enlighten the others. Only the Holy Spirit can do this because they have nothing to do with any uh, Christian missionaries. And they won't read, the, won't read the New Testament either unless they have their own reasons. So that's how it all started. And uh, by now, 23 years later, there were probably thousands throughout Israel and America. I bet Rabbi Frank almost passed out. Oh, it was funny the story he told. The whole thing is, I tape recorded the interview. It's in there, word for word. And uh, uh, it really was an amazing thing that um, to discover this. So uh, this is, um, um, it's a good, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll send you a copy. I want you to have one. I'd love it. Two. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll, I'll give one to you, yeah. Wonderful. Now, yeah. for the benefit of the lead of the uh, listeners who don't know a lot about you, you also used to write for the uh, Buffalo newspaper. What, what's the name of the paper? Yeah, the Buffalo News. Yeah, I was there for um, more than three decades. Uh, I had a great career. Uh, I covered the federal courts. I covered a um, whole bunch of things. And now, one day, I went to Congregation Mirtha Shah. I decided to write an article about it. So I wrote an article for the magazine that comes out on Sundays. Um, the editor was a secular Jew, and the publisher was a secular Jew. They didn't see it till Sunday morning when they got phone calls from every rabbi in Buffalo. Uh-oh. How dare you have a, How dare you have this article about Jews leaving Yeshua, Jesus, without putting us in the article saying it's uh, it's hokum? <laughs> so uh, I would never become the illusion editor. They say you have no judgment, Cardinelli. You entertain these small, insignificant little groups including the Orthodox, uh, by the way. But in my own time, I I, I, uh, I, I cultivated the, the Jewish people as a writer, especially the Orthodox, and uh, had a lot of articles that I published in the news about Orthodox. And uh, then I, when I retired from the news, I um, began working on, on these books, and I've written four books in the past 10 years. So uh, it's just been a great uh, transformation for me and Shira. Um, we're both called to Israel. That's where we, I met her at birth. I'm sure I sure was the, um, praise worship leader when I first went there, when they first founded birth. I In later years, we, um, found each other there. We uh, got married 18 years ago and it's been wonderful. Praise the Lord. Praise the yeah. Lord. Sounds like you have a, an ongoing friendship and relationship with, uh, birth. congregation. So that's, that's good. Frank's a good guy. Yes, he's wonderful. Yeah, Frank. Yes, he just uh, they're they're wonderful. Wow. So I know this is not going on the air for a couple of months, but what's your take on what's going on in Israel right now? Well, um, I have an idea for another book, and um, of course, I'm afraid to say that. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm afraid to say that, uh, baby. Uh, they're claiming that, claiming that Zionism and the occupation brought this on. Of course, it's false. Maybe uh, set the stage for this to happen, in my opinion. By having this ultra-Orthodox uh, coalition with these two or three parties of criminals who have been charged with harassing Arabs, allowing for the, for the first nine months of the, this past year them to harass Palestinian Arabs. They did nothing to stop settlers from burning their, burning their olive trees, burning their homes, killing them. And uh, I believe that the um, during those nine months, this, this whole thing was being built up in uh, by in, in Gaza. They saw a weakness in inside. They saw that there was a division inside between those who supported the judicial reform and those who didn't. They saw uh, the, the president of, of Israel, Herzog, uh, say, do we have civil war coming? I believe that it was not have happened. 
if it were for that one element among many, there was a tipping scale, a tipping, a tipping point for this to, to become reality. That's what I feel. I used to always support uh, Bibi, and I just I feel because he's on trial for these criminal charges, uh, he wants to have a government that will decriminalize the, those things he did, and he's, he's betrayed Israel by doing this for his own sake. I'm disappointed in him. Mm. Well, we have to keep praying, huh? Oh, this is, this is like a 1948 miracle uh, for it to, come, to, to really have it the right way because of the complications of those tunnels and the hostages, you know, I, I know God's going to do it. It's going to be a, a miracle that's going to shut their mouths around the world. Wow. For, maybe for five minutes, you know. Ears. <laughs> your mouth to God's uh, ears. It, it, it's a very important time. It's, it's a very important history. It's what's, what's happened. And uh, it's forcing Israel to do what it had to be done earlier. Mm. I have to tell you, getting back to your book, I like on page 331 where you say Judaism as a gateway to Yeshua. Of course yes. it is. <laughs> it is, yes. See, there are, there are Jews who have come back from a secular lifestyle. There's a movement called the Baal Shuvah movement, uh, the return of the master. 1967, when they recovered Jerusalem, the rabbis saw it as Messiah age beginning. They began to bring in uh, secular Jews took over for, for one, one Shabbat, second Shabbat. No strings attached, please visit us. And they eventually became Orthodox. So these Orthodox Jews who are no longer were agnostic are discovering right and wrong in our, in our circus society. Eventually they're going to discover that they need more than, than the, uh, the law. And many of them are, are um, no one can come to Yeshua until, unless they draw, the Father draw them. He will draw them when they reach the point as Orthodox Jews, where they're searching for more. He will offer Yeshua and they will accept him. That's the basic way that I see it. Mm, 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 mm. And so I'm one of the few writers who doesn't uh, oppose Jews becoming Orthodox, because although uh, on the surface they're going to be the, as far as they can from Yeshua and the New Testament, they're going to, you know, there are so many who are, who are atheists, they're going to find God, first find God, the Father, and they're going to discover um, you know, the basics are right around the so many uh, uh, Jewish people have lost in our secular society through assimilation. And um, that's what I think is going to happen. Oy. So, Anthony, how would you like us to be praying for you, your family, anything? Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that very much for um, our books to uh, finally uh, reach all the people they should reach in due time. Uh, I, I relate upon Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3 because, uh, you know, they, they, they haven't really exploded yet, but they're, they're going to explode. And uh, that's, that's, that's going to be uh, a great calling. What's going to explode? My books will finally reach all the people who they were intended to reach. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's what will happen. Yes, that's what we're believing. I, I would appreciate the prayers, yes. Yeah. Mm, may the Lord protect you and provide for, for you with all that you need. You know, I'm looking at the back cover. What do you mean, a Christian with Jewish bloodlines? Are you saying that you got some DNA in there, buddy? Yes, I do. Uh, almost 6%. <laughs> Hey, nothing to sneeze at. Mazel tov. Yeah, I'm seventy eight percent Greek because they settled Sicily, where my grandparents came from. I'm five percent mainland Italian, so so there. I I, I didn't know I was I, I had Jewish bloodlines until just a few years ago, and uh, one of my Jewish friends heard this. Oh, we 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 knew that. We already knew that. You were called to the Jews. We we already knew that. Wow. So before we end the interviewed is there a, a a scripture that really keeps you going or really has become your lifelong verse revelation 15 4 for all for all the gentiles will prostitute before you lord our god nations will accept you accept god the trinity in the final days so that's Revelation, you said? Revelation 15.4, yeah. Okay, and read it one more time, please. Oh, I don't have it in English in front of me. Oh, that's <laughs> what the problem was. <laughs> I know it in Hebrew. In fact, it, 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 it's, uh, it quotes one of the Psalms. Let me look it up right now. I think I'm second. Thing. I might race you. Put it 
put on pause, you know? Oh yeah, I'll, I'll edit part of this out here. Yeah. Naturally, I typed in 15, but it said 25. Revelation 15. It did yeah. it again. What is wrong with my fat thumbs? Are you 15. ready? All right, I got it, but you got it too? Yeah, Revelation 15 for B. For all the nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. I like that. So, uh, yeah. Wonderful. This is, uh, it's in the Old and New Testament, in, in those words, uh, the great day when uh, the whole world uh, will accept that. There's going to be a polarization at the end of time. Um, I, I think God has no problem with polarization between or the religious and secular, because it's going to bring us to a point where they're, they're going to be either loving God or openly hating Him. The rabbis say that Messiah will come either when the whole world is all just or all evil. If the world is all just, Messiah come and reward them. If the world is all evil, he come and punish them. I said, is there a third possibility? If they're polarized between the two, they said, yes. If our society is polarized between those who love or hate God, Messiah will come because there's, there's no further thing to happen. It's a, it's a, it's a closed case. Aha. Uh -huh. so, oh, uh, <laughs> an important question before we end. This is really important. I, mm -hmm. The listeners have heard all this stuff, and they all want your books. What's the best way to get your books? Oh, um, through um, Zulon Press, Zulon Xulon Press. Um, uh, let's see the address. Uh, Xulon. Yeah, Zulon. Um, oh boy. Look at this. Well, look up your name, Anthony Cardinale. Yeah, look up my name, and look uh, under Xulon Zulon. Uh, Zulon. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but it has the word, you know, bookstore on it. I think if they just look up your name, we'll see your books. C-A-R-D-I-N-A-L-E. Anthony yeah, Cardinale. Cardinal with E on the end. Yeah, Cardinal. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> all right, well, may the Lord bless you and all that you do. And may he continue to provide for you and keep you healthy. And I am so thankful that you were my guest today on Bagels and Blessings. Well done. You are a very gifted writer, young man. God bless you and Dan and your ministry, Bagels and Blessings. We're just uh, so, so glad to, to have you. Ah, thank you. Shalom for now. Shalom, Mr. Mishua. Amen. Happy New Year. Here's Phil Klein with the Aaronic Benediction. Vikunecha Yisadonai Panamalecha Yasem lecha Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. This is Ethel Chadwick saying, Shalom Alechem, peace be with you. Remember, every day of your life is an opportunity to be a blessing to someone. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Shalom. Thank you.